How's everybody doing this morning? Oops, I gotta turn off the song, don't I? That'll help. Uh, just looking at, uh, there we go, a little adjustment on the volume I need to make here. You know, my problem for a few mornings was uh, I had a, a fray in the cord that goes to the microphone, and that was the issue. So I think we've got that corrected now, and. Uh, we're all good to go. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 22. Uh, it, it begins in verse 15 with these very words, and I, I use just this one sentence to kind of set things up this morning. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. And... Uh, uh,
that's going to be kind of the subject matter of the day today is how uh, Jesus' uh, enemies were trying to trap him in his words, and uh, that will be our our consideration this morning. And uh, uh, they tried. They failed. Uh, Jesus reversed uh, the challenges uh, and the traps. He knew exactly what it was that they were trying to do and uh, wasn't going to have any part of it. So again, verse 15 said this. It said that the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples. I mean disciples. I mean, it's not just Christian uh, disciples. I mean, a disciple is a follower. So the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders, uh, each had their own uh, followers. And uh, Jesus had his followers. Uh, we are followers, but... You know, you can be a follower of uh, whatever you're following uh, that, that can make you a disciple of that person. So they sent out their disciples, the Pharisees' disciples, and to him along with Hero- Herodians. Those are the followers of Herod. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. I mean, they were, they were full of it. I mean, they, they didn't think that at all. They, they, uh, he could have he said, you guys are, are full of baloney. And uh, because he knew, he knew exactly what they were up to. It was easy to see. I mean, anybody looking on could, could perhaps uh, even know just exactly what was happening. So they sent their disciples along with Herodians, uh, teachers. They said, we know you're a man of integrity. Okay, they're buttering him up. Uh, they are, uh, you know, saying all these things, these nice things to him, and uh, wanting to to indicate their sincerity, which was all a veil, which was all a cover. They were not sincere at all. They were trying to trap him. So you're a man of integrity, uh, and you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Well, considering this, tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Verse 18, but Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites or you hypocrites, as I like to say, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. So they brought him a denarius, and he asked them, whose image is this? Whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they they heard this, they were amazed, so they left him and went away. (laughs) He could see right through them. Now, I mean, we... We could have some of the same conversations in our day about, is it right? What about the government? I mean, that, that's kind of what's going on here. Well, you know, we shouldn't support the government, should we? We shouldn't support the Romans in, in Jesus' day. We shouldn't be paying taxes to Caesar. That's just not something that we ought to be doing. 
you know, we ought to be giving only to God. And, and there are some Christians, I think, who perhaps land in a category like that, but they're missing the mark. They sent their disciples, um, trying to trick him, saying, you're not swayed because you pay no attention to the R, and, and maybe setting him up to, to try to say, well, you know, the fact is that um, we, we would think that you would say that we shouldn't pay taxes to Caesar. I mean, they were thinking we, we need to have a, a, a distinctive difference between the the kingdom of the Jews and the kingdom of the Romans. And the kingdom of the Jews should only be concerned with uh, paying those taxes and things that uh, have to do with the temple and have to do with our religion and have to do with our nation, and we shouldn't be paying the Romans. I mean, that could have been their hope, uh, and, and we see that in our day. Uh, you know, Some Christians at that point, well, we, we're not going to obey the government by any stretch in the very act of doing so, disobeying the word of God. And, and why do I say that? Because of the book of Romans and what it tells us in Romans uh, chapter 13. It says this, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which is God had established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Now, you know, this is not written uh, in under some other governmental structure. Uh, Paul is writing this uh, under Roman rule. Uh, he is under their authority, and so as Paul is writing these words in Romans 13, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Verse 13, consequence, consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgments on themselves. Now, my, my intent is not to work our way through uh, Romans, uh, through Romans chapter thirteen, other than just to make this reference to it. Um, and, and I would encourage you to go back and, and to look at and study Romans thirteen to see what it says. I mean, it really lays out that we are responsible to show respect even to uh, the government that, that we may not have allegiance to, uh, to a government that may wish our ill. Uh, we are still to pray for them. Uh, we're still to be subject. Now, there, there are areas. What about when the government goes against the will of God? What, what about when the government goes against the word of God? Well, if the word of God is clear, then we shouldn't be going against the word of God. We should be going... Um, with the word of God, and, and in that instance, perhaps reject the government. Uh, as an example, uh, abortion. Uh, in the state of Maine, uh, there is a move uh, afoot to legalize abortion at, at any point along the way. And I'm not sure, but what that couldn't even extend to uh, in the birth canal itself. Um, you need to research that. There's actually training uh, taking place tomorrow at Cross Point Church in Bangor uh, for how to um, how to write to your senators and how to write to your representatives, how to write to the governor, and what what should 
uh, we as Christians do. So uh, you, you can look that up. Uh, I'll see if I can find a link for that, but there's a training. Uh, Christian Civic League of Maine uh, is uh, really a, a, the, the primary leader of that, and uh, uh, I, I really encourage you to check that out or to at least do some research on how to uh, indicate your thoughts to uh, to the governor, uh, and it's critical. I mean, they are trying to make Maine a state which would allow uh, abortion at, I mean, I, I think right up to the birth canal. I, I'd have to go back and, and research that. Don't hold me to that, but but I mean, late term, you know, you, you've had this little, little tiker in the belly and uh, kicking around, moving about. You know that this is a living being, and yet they're wanting to allow for abortion. So uh, stand up against that. That is an example of something that uh, uh, certainly you could take take issue with. Uh, let me see if I can bring something up here about that. Uh, Christian Civic League uh, of Maine. I'm trying to pull this up and see, take action. Uh, 18 hours ago, they're posting this. Uh, it is, it is saying. The Maine legislature is slowly moving forward. As of today, they have built 800, uh, the 880 bills or uh, LDs. We're expecting well over 2,100 when they're all posted. Uh, Christian Civic League of Maine follows issues that come under our mission statement, including life, family, religious freedom. We're all watching life bills, particularly this year. Um, And I know that there is more here. Uh, yeah, here we go. Speak Up for Life. If you live in the Bangor area, I urge you to attend our Speak Up for Life event at Cross Point Church Saturday morning. First session begins at 10. The second begins at 11.30. Each general session will be followed by breakout sessions, which focus on practical actions like writing a note to, to your legislate, legislator, or composing a letter to the editor. Thus far, over 300 people RSVP'd for Saturday's event. Click for details. Um, let me see if I can copy that link address. Usually Don would do this, uh, but uh, because I am looking at it here this morning, uh, I will go ahead and post that, uh, I think. Nope, it won't let me. I can't copy and paste it. So, But I, I've given you some insight into where you can go, what you can do, uh, follow the, the Christian Civic League of Maine, support the Christian Civic League of Maine. Uh, they are a very respect, res respectful group. Uh, they meet with legislators. Um, they pray with them. Uh, and even people on the opposite side of the issues, They uh, Christian Civic League of Maine uh, leadership tries to be uh, they don't try to be combative and negative and, uh, you know, filled with all kinds of uh, vitriol and whatnot. So just speaking, there you go. Don has it up there for you. Oh, Donna has it up for you. 
uh, Don. There's Donna and Don. Donna has it up. Uh, and I just want to mention that that is an opportunity that you could check out. And, and even if you don't go to the event, write to, write to your legislator. You, you, you got the, the ability to Google things. Know who your representative is. Uh, write to the governor. Uh, do uh, columns uh, that you would, uh, letters to the editor and things of that nature. Here, Don has this one uh, as well uh, lifted up, uh, put down there that you can click into that link as well. They're trying to trick Jesus uh, in the passage which we were looking at uh, into uh, making statements that Jesus was going to have no part of making, wanting him to speak out against the government, wanting him to speak out against paying taxes. Uh, and yet Jesus holds his own and says, well, if, if it is Caesar's image that is on that tax, then I guess you need to pay taxes to Caesar. Uh, that's what you need to do. And, and he even says in verse 18, why are you trying to trap me? Uh, when they heard this, they were amazed, they left him and went away. But then there's another question. Uh, the, the Sadducees come up with yet another question. It says here in verse 23, that same day the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for him. Now, there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died, and since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and the third, right on down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be of the seven, since all of them were married to her? Jesus replied and said, You are an heir because you do not know the Scriptures or the power of God. Move this down a little bit. It says, at the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God has said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Now, yeah, I might be somewhat edumacated. But there are people who are just absolute monsters uh, in, in a good way uh, when it comes to uh, debates and things of that nature. Jesus takes the cake. Uh, Jesus is, is the uh, ultimate example about how to win a debate uh, with people. Uh, you can watch Ben Shapiro. Uh, he, he actually has some advice about, uh, I think maybe even Jordan Peterson does uh, as well, You know how to, how to shut somebody down. Uh, and not be offensive. Uh, if you you have to be able to spit out the uh, eat the meat and spit out the bones with those guys, you do. Uh, but they do offer some insight in contemporary context uh, on YouTube uh, that could help you if if you're saying, "I want to know how to uh, win an argument like this." So Jesus knows that they don't believe in the resurrection. Uh, he knows this. He, he knows that he knows who they are. He, he he knows they're trying to trap him. But there's something in this uh, about uh, the resurrection and about heaven that that uh, can be a little bit unsettling to us in some ways. Now, I'm not trying to throw anybody off. I'm I'm really not. 
uh, or to uh, discourage anyone. I mean, we all think about what, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Uh, when we all see Jesus, we will sing and shout the victory. That, that is an old hymn. But, you know, we talk about we're going to eat uh, ice cream with, with our relatives. We're going to have a pizza party with our relatives. We're going to go on and live in marital bliss just like we lived on earth. There's two types of things that come in marriage. There's marital bliss and marital blisters. Um, hopefully you live with marital bliss. I know I do. Um, he says in verse 30, and this creates a little bit of struggle, at the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given a marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now, I want to get into what this does say and what it does not say. Uh it isn't saying that we're not going to recognize our loved ones in heaven. It doesn't say that at all. But in heaven, uh, we will be the bride of Christ, and he will be the bridegroom. Uh, we're not, you know, it isn't like you're going to resume uh, earthly relationship just like you had before a loved one died. It's like, okay, my, my husband dies, my wife dies, and, and we're going to be in heaven, and we're going to go and do all the things we used to do on earth. I don't think that is how it's going to be. Uh, I mean, Jesus indicates here that there's not marriage uh, in heaven. We will not marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels. It doesn't say that we will be angels. It doesn't say that. It says we will be like the angels. Angels are created beings, even as we are created beings. We don't get to be angels, no, but we get to be like the angels, worshiping God. We get to be like the angels enjoying God. That, that is what goes on uh, with us uh, in heaven. Now, again, I'm not trying to be discouraging here uh, because I, I know that we have some of you who are widows uh, in our midst, and it's not that you're not going to recognize your, your husband in heaven. You will. Uh, but we're going to be caught up with the worship of God It'll be like, oh, hey, hi, I'm, oh, it's so wonderful to see you. Oh, t- let me, let me worship Jesus. I think that's what it will be like. I, I don't know. I mean, we don't really completely know exactly what heaven will be like, um, except what we can do is study the scriptures about heaven and draw our conclusions about heaven from what the scriptures have taught us. And this is one of these places where Jesus himself makes the statement at the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. But then he goes on and he says this. I mean, they're doubting the resurrection. And Jesus says in verse 20, uh, verse 32, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the living. The indication being that these ones... Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob still alive in in their resurrected state, in their uh, eternal state, uh, and so Jesus speaks of eternity in that way, and and he speaks as though they still have their name. Now, there's some scripture in the book Revelation that speaks about we'll be given a new name, it might be like a surname uh, or an alias, if you will. Uh, uh, I have an alias uh, in my Google account. It's kind of what what the, the primary name of my one particular Google Google account is, and 
And then I have some other emails that are attached to that, an alias. Uh, it would be like an alias. You'll still be uh, you'll still be Don or you'll still be Walter or you'll, you'll still be Melody in heaven. Um, and we'll be very much alive. And who knows? I mean, maybe whatever the relationship was like on earth with, with that spouse uh, will be even better than it was uh, while on earth. Um, Jesus speaks to this. Jesus is saying, look, look forward to the resurrection. That is what he's saying. Not, not the discouragement of, oh, I'm, I'm not going to see so-and-so there. Well, if you're looking forward to seeing so-and-so there, you're certainly going to see them. You know, I will see my dad. I'll see my mom. I will see, I, I don't know if I'll see my sister or not. I, I don't know if she ever really trusted in Christ. I know my parents did. Um, I know those things, and I'll see them. But I also know that I'll be very much caught up in the, the worship of Jesus. So, a few more questions. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, I, I could spend the entire session talking just on this verse. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. I, I fail at this, friends. But we need to constantly be encouraging each other in our love for God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I mean, you can sum it up. Love God. Love people. Uh love God, love people, and um, that that's the summary of it. Uh, what's the greatest commandment? That's what we should do. Verse 40, all the law and the prophets hang in these two commands. We, we every day can evaluate, how have we done it loving God? How have we done it loving people? We can do all this other stuff right, what I would call the, the pebbles in the sands, lots of other tertiary things we might do just great but if we fail at loving god and if we fail at loving our neighbor then we doesn't matter what we accomplish i mean you could take this verse and look at 1 corinthians 13 i might go a little bit long today i guess 1 corinthians 13 says this if i speak in the tongues of men or angels but but do not love I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I, have, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. I mean, Paul puts it pretty clear. You can do all kinds of incredible things, and yet, if we don't have the love of God possessing our hearts, if we do not have the love of God for people, I mean, we, we, can, we can build buildings, we can build churches, we can build ministries, uh, we can build colleges, uh, we can build houses, um, you know, we can do all kinds of things, but 
we have to make sure that love is our modus operandi, that we are operating in love. Now, let me go back to Matthew 22. I want to finish out this chapter with you. Um, he just challenges them right where they are, the greatest commandment. And then, then one last question the Pharisees try to trick him with is, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? Now, notice Jesus is asking the question. Well, the son of David, they replied, and he said to them, how is it then that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord? For he says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day no one dared to ask him any more questions. I mean, he gave them an enigma. He gave them a riddle that they could not answer because Jesus knew that in that sense of the lineage, Jesus himself is the son of David. Yet Jesus preexisted David in his eternal nature as God, the creator, sustainer of all things, yet incarnate in the flesh, a son of David. They couldn't answer the question. Jesus was was just absolutely stellar at being able to, to turn things around. Absolutely stellar in that regard. So, wow, within 30 minutes we covered all those passages, but much for us to think about, much for us to think about about heaven, much for us to think about about loving God and loving people, much for us to think about about the eternal nature of Jesus as well as the incarnate nature of Jesus, the the fully God, fully man aspect that we looked at in these last few verses, uh, Jesus gives us much to think about. Now, there's a, there's a comment, two comments. I want to uh, conclude with with these uh, couple of comments uh, over uh, in the comments section. Uh, one being happy birthday to Pastor Jacob. Well, absolutely, we want to wish Pastor Jacob happy birthday. Uh, a little bit different of a birthday for him this year. I know that. You know that. We're aware of that. And uh, But, hey, reach out to Pastor Jacob. Send him a message. Get on Messenger. and Do it on Facebook. Whatever. Uh, take him a steak. I don't know. Uh, but wish him a happy birthday today. Uh, second, there's a comment that says, hymns do not always portray the true, true word of God. Uh, you know, it's not just hymns. Um, it's it's other songs. I, I'm not sure exactly what is is driving the, that statement uh, totally, um, other than if it's a discussion with people about how hymns are so much better than the modern songs. It, it, it's all it's all a bunch of smoke, folks. Uh, there are good hymns, and there are some not so good hymns. Uh, there are good modern songs and not so good modern songs that. That, in my estimation, is in, is in fact exactly the truth. Uh, and you've got to be able to look at these things uh, and parse them out. And, you know, if anybody says to you, well, all the hymns are so much better, just say, well, have two or three in your arsenal that could say, what about this theologically? What about this theologically? What about this? Uh, you know, and, and then you can come back and say, and I know, they're modern songs. I, I, I get kind of scourged, not discouraged, uh, irritated a little bit by people who are so disparaging about modern music. 
uh, because I see people trying to live with God, be in a relationship with God, and write music because they're moved by God to do so. I rejoice in that fact. Uh, you know, it's it's like saying, well, we shouldn't have any new books. We shouldn't have any new songs. Oh, God might as well not be working in anybody's life today to prompt them to to write uh, write poetry or write songs or do artwork or anything of that nature, uh, to write books. Um, no, I rejoice in, in the modern. I rejoice in the ancient. Uh, and hymns aren't exactly ancient. They're older. Uh, you know, and you have to be able, you have to know your Bible well enough to be able to spit out some of the some of the junk that is in there because there is some junk. Although I will tell you, I, I love many of the hymns. Uh, but there again, uh, I'll give you an example. What One example. Uh, away in a manger. Away in a manger. I can't remember how it goes right now, but but there is a line that says this. Uh, uh, oh, yes. Thank you, Nell. Now I get it. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing. Thank you. Okay, that makes contextual sense for me. Duh. Um, yeah, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing. And, and that will be a day of rejoicing, but it might not be like family reunion. Let's go have a barbecue and, uh, uh, you know, and, and have ribs and, and just have a party and play some volleyball and, uh, you know, uh, whatever. I, I don't think that's how it's going to be. And, and that's how we picture it. We, we do not picture heaven differently than we picture earth. Thanks, Nell. That's helpful to understand that. Yes. I, I couldn't. Yeah, that, now I know what drives that. That's good. I'm not the sharpest crayon in the box all the time, folks. Um, just not. But that's true. Uh, so I, I've, I've kind of got this little little rant about music. and, and I rejoice when, when a, a modern person, a contemporary person, writes a song or writes a book. Uh, yeah, there are classics. There are classic hymns. There are classic books. There are classic, uh, uh, there's classical artwork, uh, classical poetry all those things, but but don't we want a new move of God in our day to see God moving in a way uh, among young people to prompt them to write songs and write books and do these things today? I, I would think so. I, I would hope so. I know I I certainly hope for that. I hope you do too. Well, I've gone a little bit long today, friends. I need to get off of here and get you into your day. I need to go shovel some snow. Uh, Lord, help us. Help us uh, to love you. Help us to love other people uh, as they need to be loved. Uh, help us to be reflective of Christ. Help us to grow in, in Christ-like nature. Help us to wrestle with what the scriptures say uh, about even things like heaven and to be excited for the opportunity to see our King. May we glorify you today, Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, question was asked, will I be here next week? Uh, I, I will definitely be here on Monday. Um, we will see how those days go. Part of it is I don't have all my equipment that I can take with me on uh, some of these places, uh, and it depends on what internet is like and some of those things. But uh, I, I will plan to have something. Definitely Monday will be here, and I'll let you know uh, beyond that. Meantime, have a great weekend, everyone. I'll see you later.